Welcome to the Love City Arts Podcast. I'm Andre in the Flow. I wanted to create a space where artists could come together and encourage all of humanity through the arts. So welcome to that space. For more information, to follow my journey and the journey of all of our artists, visit andreintheflow.com and lovecityarts.org. Please enjoy today's episode and thanks for listening. Bobby Blue the Balladeer is a dynamic and spectacular performer accompanied by his four-piece band. He is a countertenor folk singer of original songs, early American country, and Mexican folk songs. The sound is of the Old West, like something you would hear in an old cowboy western film. Inspired by Patsy Cline, Lola Beltran, and Roy Rogers, his band is all acoustic and includes vocals, acoustic flamenco guitar, a fiddle, and hand percussion. Join me now in my conversation with Bobby Blue the Balladeer as we discuss adult spelling bees, the effects of Facebook, triumph after bullying, and so much more. Hi, Andre. How's your day going? Good, good. It's a sunny day out. It's a lazy day, so I'm just kind of sitting around. Um, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. I'm sure we'll we'll get out at some point. Um, tell yeah. me a little bit about yourself in addition to what I've what I've said. Um, hmm. Uh, my name is uh, Bobby Blue, the Balladeer. Uh, a little bit of background, I guess. A good background about myself is where I'm from. I'm from Bedford, Indiana. But I wasn't raised in a normal Indiana home. My mother is from Costa Rica, um, and I was brought up in a very Latin home in the middle of, uh, of Indiana. My father is a good old boy from the backwoods of Indiana. Um, and I grew up with a very, with a, with a very kind of split personality, um, you know, uh, uh, surroundings, uh, cultural surroundings, especially with music. Uh, my father listened to country music. My father, my mother listened to, um, you know, lots of Latin music, mostly mariachi, and, and then again, ABBA in Spanish. I never really knew ABBA was sang in English until I was like 13 years old, um, because my mother loved the ABBA and Spanish albums, so I knew all of those. I didn't but, even uh, know that. I didn't even know that ABBA had Spanish music. ABBA is actually like they sing most of the like all of their big hits are not only sung sang in English but they're also singing Spanish, Italian. Look it up. They're they 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 sing in many many languages. Amazing. That's they're international international pop stars. I mean that's how they kind of made themselves so world renowned. Curiosity yeah. Curiosity wants me to ask you what's your favorite ABBA song then? Oh, Chiquitita. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Chiquitita so you're in Indiana. Is the most beautiful thing. 
I love it. Yeah. So you're in Indiana. You're listening to this uh, Spanish music in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and where does Baby Bobby Blue, the balladeer, get its inspiration? Oh, uh, just basically, um, I don't know, like when you're Latin, it's kind of fun. I don't know if this is a Latin thing, but I feel like it's in a lot of Latin homes, like they're like, if you can do a little something like entertaining or, you know, they're always like, it seems like uh, people are always pushing you out in the front of family gatherings and so forth to do something. And they just kind of like almost treat you like a show monkey when you're a little kid. <laughs> so, you know, getting out of like, I think the first thing that I remember is that well, one time my Tia Olher was here, my Tia Olher, my uncle was here. Um, I was like four years old and my mother had put on the song Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. And she had me, she said, sing it, sing along, sing it, sing it, show your, show your uncle, you know. Um, she actually has that on, on, on cassette, uh, <laughs> recorded or on cassette. So um, I don't know, uh, inspiration, just kind of like, I guess, the, the, like the feel, the, to need a, the need to get up and do it. Uh, I, I don't know exactly where that inspiration always comes from, um, the need to get up and do it. But when I was little, that's all it took was like, somebody to say, you know, do this or sing this. And, and I was dancing or singing or, you know, that that's kind of what inspired the, the young, the young Bobby Blue Balladeer. <laughs> I love it. What inspires now the adulting Bobby Blue the Balladeer to get out into New York City and all of these other locations and, and share your art? The inspiration to do that. I mean. Because you're, you're gigging all over the city. I see on your social media. Um, and everything yeah. that you're in these you're in these spaces singing your four octave heart out. So yeah, yeah. Those I mean I don't know. It's just the need to I guess the need to get out and do it to feel accomplished to do you know to do only the you know the only the thing that you you I feel that I was really meant to meant to do. Um, so as far as like getting out and and doing it, I mean, I have no problem getting out on stage. I've been on stage for, you know, most of my, most of my adult life, I guess. And, and, uh, I don't know. Also, I also have a, uh, a spelling bee that, um, I've curated, uh, and has become quite popular. At first it was called the Williamsburg spelling bee, but recently we've moved to the New York city spelling bee. So, you know, at, uh, at, um, down in downtown New York. What is that? Um, Oh, never... we're going to be we're going to get all over the place today. Um, this is, okay, this is so... no, this is cool. I'm, I I didn't know that you had a Williamsburg uh, Williamsburg spelling bee. So well, yeah, it, tell me about a, that. It's an adult spelling bee. Uh, basically, it's an adult spelling bee where adults can come and uh, spell with the uh, addition of alcohol if they like. Now we don't have a lot of drinkers at spelling bees, but we do have a lot of people who like to compete. And we started this about 14 years ago. And when it started, I had really like I just kind of like approached uh, Pete's Candy Store in Williamsburg, asked them if they would like to try like an adult spelling bee as like a game because they were well known as like the trivia play. They were like one of the first places to have trivia. They like do game like a bingo there and other board games and so forth. So I thought that would be a good place to approach. And once that happened, they said they flipped out and said, yes, of course, it sounds amazing. I kind of <laughs> didn't realize, I didn't know it was going to be kind of as successful as it was. And within three weeks, like uh, Good Morning America was there and the Today Show was there a few weeks later. And, and every, almost every week for 12 years, we had media at that show, the New York Times and, and, and everything. But the past couple of years, we've only been doing corporate events, but we've recently just started doing um, a spelling bee season, not exactly all year long, but it's going to be a, a bee season. And we're starting it at Caveat on the Lower East Side. So now we call it the New York City Spelling Bee since it's moved to Manhattan. 
Ca- um, okay, caveat on the Lower East Side of New York City. Where can people find information about uh, how to attend the Spelling Bee? Uh, they can get online and they can always look up uh, Spelling NYC, uh, Bobby Spelling NYC. Um, they can also just g- generally um, put in the Williamsburg Spelling Bee and okay. everything will come up. Yeah, And on Facebook as well. I haven't changed it to the new. I, I'm supposed to change the, the title soon, but I haven't done that yet. Cool. Yeah. Um, That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, oh, you know, I yes, remember so- <laughs> when I was a kid, I lost the citywide spelling bee. This is a bit of a traumatic story, but I, you know, a childhood trauma. I lost sure. the, um, the Richmond city spelling bee to uh, the word petunia. I spelled it Petuna. Um, and it's amazing how some of those things will stick with you over time. So I guess you're giving some adults an opportunity to redeem themselves. Oh, we have a lot of that. We have a lot of that redemption. A lot of that pe- a lot of people looking for redemption. A lot of people and we have some amazing spellers. Like it's just like it's amazing to see somebody's brain work like that. I think it's a very interesting thing. That's cool. Well, I have a few questions for you. Um, what is love to you? Switching gears. Like, mm-hmm, sure. What is your uh, personal? The, caring is, the love is, uh, I think, I think what's, uh, what, what I've always been shown, I think, as a, as a child, is love is the nature, nurturing, caring of, of something. It's pretty mm. simple. Yeah, and the, I mean, I guess that could go into, that could go towards your art, that can go towards people around you. Well, I think um, anything you're willing to willing to give time to and 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 nurture and nature it or nurture and care for it. Yeah. Um, then we can, uh, you know, that that's obviously you know some 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 uh, emotional effort put toward whether it's a plant or you know a yeah. city or you know yeah. children. Yeah. When did you first know that you were loved? Do you. I don't know if I ever knew that I wasn't loved. My mother's a very uh, affectionate person. She was she's very uh very outwardly emotional and always just there with a hug kiss and an I love you, like always. So I don't exactly know a time when I wasn't. Um yeah. You just always felt it. You always knew that it was there for you. I was always told and felt it, yes, both. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um why do you love? I don't know what else to do with it. <laughs> but it's here. I don't know what else to do. How to, I don't know how to use it. How do? How, what was the question? Just why do you love? You know, sometimes like what's your inspiration for love? Um, does it come from the fact that that was an example that you saw growing up, or do you feel like it's it's needed in the world? Or well, I don't know. I think it's a like for me. It's a it's a it's a I feel like it, you know, it, it that it is a natural response to things. I think I, I, I don't, um, you know, that there's always been a, a part of me that's always I felt uh, was always interested in helping people or making the world a better place in one way or another. You know, that's always been very important to me, and that is why you love. So you can, you know, you, you can. Uh, you can infiltrate things, you know, very simply. Oh God, this is a tough question. Um, You're doing great. I feel that you can, yeah, well, I feel that you can infiltrate, you know, things. I mean, you know, there's, there, there are choices in in love. There are, well, there are choices in everything that you do. I mean, you can sit around and you can talk about, you know, things that you don't like, complain about things, or you can actually use that time to 
to to tell someone that they you know it tell someone that they love that or that you love them you can you know it's like you can either it, mm, okay yeah not, like, you're saying, you're saying love love as an action love as a doing love as a being as opposed to just you know letting things go on as usual well i mean we're so you we're so we're so nurtured it, it talking about nurtured okay so we're, we're very inspired to continuously talk about things that we don't like whether it's online you know we're very much in this bubble of of the computer or your or your cell phone and we're there we're we're so right there and we can and you know i used to be on facebook more than i am now and uh, i think that the one thing that i realized about facebook was that there's just so much negativity being poured into facebook and there re- and people really sit in this bubble and they and and it's it's a way to get people to respond but unfortunately people are not inspiring people to respond in a in a in a loving way they're using that time like think of all the time that we've wasted i mean i i i've wasted many many hours years on facebook or mm-hmm. or, or or the internet fighting with somebody or arguing with somebody when I actually could have been using that time to tell someone else how I feel about them, to say that I care, to be doing something. So it's, so, so that's why, if that's, if that gives you more of a physical idea, a a reason, that is why I love, because it is absolutely necessary that we start making the choices to talk about what we want, not what we don't want. Yes. Yes. Yes, Bobby Blue the Balladeer. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No. Oh, I love it. I love it. I know the singing does it for you. I've uh, seen videos of you on stage. You're just living your best life, yeah. singing through the rafters. What other things fill you up? I love um, the sun. I love the sky. I love flowers. Um, those things really, like, I love birds. Uh, those things really fill me up. Um the basic nature of those things are amazing. You know, uh, something that, you know, I, I, like a lot of people, I struggle sometimes with depression, especially if it's been gray a million days. But the one thing that you always know, regardless of whether it's gray out or whether it's the gray is in yourself, 
you know, is that the sun always comes out. And even though like I might get down once in a while, I'm very good at like uh, being resilient and uh, picking myself up out of that just because I know the sun eventually comes out. So that's why I love the sun. But and, and, and for some reason, I have a, a deep admiration for that and the earth uh, and, and their nature. Um, and I, I love, of course, I love music. I love musicals. Not so many musicals. I like a few musicals, but the few musicals I do love, they completely ramp my heart up. Like the sound of music is like the best thing in the whole world. And lately I've been loving nostalgia. I, I, I don't like to dwell in the past, but lately I've been feeling that I love the feelings of nostalgia of what it's like to go back to the 90s and live during this time or what I was doing, you know, in the 90s or how I was feeling. And, 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 the, and I think the biggest heartbreak of that is that you can never kind of bring that back fully. You can never re-experience, you know, uh, what you experience. You, you only have nostalgia. So lately I've been really loving nostalgia. Yeah, I get that. I mean, there was a simplicity back in the day, as we say, you know, um, with not having to be tethered to our cell phones all the time there were no notifications going off you know you could take a walk and you know maybe when you got home you'd get your voicemail messages off of the you know the voice machine with the tape um you know for me it seemed to be a more simple and slow less complex time and so yeah nostalgia has its place for remembering and for me um being grateful for having, you know, come this far, you know? Yes. Yeah. That we're still here in one piece. We're still here in one piece. We, yeah. The nineties to now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you uh, care to be so vulnerable, tell me about a time when um, love, where you didn't receive love or love didn't work out for you. And I'm not just talking maybe romantic love. I'm just talking about a time when you said, you know, everyone has depressive episodes. Um, I'm a person who has struggled in that path as well. Um, you know, is there anything that you care to share about those low moments? Uh, what you I'm learned sure from about them? About them? I mean, I can tell you about them. I'm thinking, uh, you know, um, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, LGBT uh, apostrophe rest. QT. I'm sorry. The plus sign, plus sign, plus sign. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm starting plus, to, I plus, want to plus. add a rest sign in there from the music uh, signature. Um, I love it. Yeah, so you can go LGP. <sighs> Breath <P-Q>. mark. Right. <laughs> um, face emoji. Uh, yes. But, um, you know, it, it, I think that school was a very difficult time for me. I was horribly bullied. I was one of those people who was lucky enough to survive you know, without, without doing anything extreme. And I feel very lucky to have survived, uh, the, uh, what I had, I growing up in a small town, being effeminate, um, being Latin, uh, those types of things aren't really good in those types of places, um, or seen as positive. So, uh, like all through school, love was not given to me hardly at all, uh, outside of the home. Um, so yeah, I knew what that was from a very early age, and I thought it was very cruel from a very early age. I never felt that I deserved it. I thought I just thought it was really cruel. I knew I, I knew I was standing in the I was standing in the eyes of hatred. You know, people were looking at me with with disdain. Did you have pro- you said that there was so much earlier? You said there was so much love in the home, and so to have to face that hatred outside was it 
I'm sure it was difficult to even leave the front door. Oh, like my parents never understood. I never told them. I, I was too embarrassed to tell my mother and father what was going on at school. And I, in, in a lot of ways, I thought that they would like, I don't think they would have, but I think that I thought that they would have put it back on me. Like, well, it's your fault. Why do you act that way? Why do you dress that way? You know, like I, I always thought it was it like, you know, that they were going to put it back on me. Um, so yeah. I just never said anything and I was quite embarrassed and they didn't know why, why it was such a struggle to get me up and out of bed and out. out. Well, yeah, just to get me off to school every day was uh, a horror and I did it. I, I, I did it for, you know, for 13 years, um, you know, and I just kind of kept it, kept it. Uh, and I had a lot of stressful episodes because of it. You know, nobody knew why I was having these stressful episodes. So, yeah, definitely did not feel loved then. Yeah. What was uh yeah. what was about the time in your life where things started to kind of turn around and you started to step into, you know, the Bobby Blue that that we are meeting today? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that there's a few different times. I mean, I, I don't really believe that people change all that much, but I do believe that things happen in your life to inspire you to grow even further. Um, so. I don't, I mean, there are several times, I mean, I've always been a loudmouth, whether or not these, you know, whether or not I was bullied or not, like I was always a loudmouth. I was always doing what I wanted and dressing how I wanted and, you know, being, and, and, uh, and just, and, uh, just being me. Um, but, uh, um, um, I think that, you know, of course, like when I got out of high school, I think that that is, you know, for a lot of people, that's, that's the area where we kind of start feeling and we start seeing other people like us. You know, yeah. I grew up in in Bedford, but next door to us, uh, and I lived actually where my in, where my parents lived was actually closer to Bloomington, Indiana, which is where Indiana University Indiana University is. Indiana University is has always been in like I don't know if it's actually true because I've never looked at well, I haven't looked it up recently, but like Bloomington has like the second gay largest largest gay population per capita, only second to San Francisco, and like it also has a, like a really great music school. So there are people from all over the world there. So um, once I, I I got out of high school, it was very easy for me to escape to Bloomington, uh, which was ten miles down the road, and be in this. Uh, and, and once I got to do what I wanted to do, eighteen, nineteen years old, then I got to. I started meeting more people like me. I started becoming more comfortable, um, you know, with with being gay or or you know those that type of uh, coming of age stories. But then, you know, there are several different areas where you're like, oh, wow, uh, I've been holding it back on this and I shouldn't, you know, I, I should do this. And if you, once you try different things, you try different things in your life, it changes you or makes you grow a little bit further. So, you know, I, I, I guess that that's uh, – I hope that's answering your question. No, it, it is. It is. Um, it's awesome when we um, step out of our immediate surrounding, particularly, you know, I was also bullied as a kid. And um, once you find community and find those mirrors, people that are mirroring what you're going through and kind of um, telling you or showing you more importantly that you're okay, there's a certain freedom to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of like weird things about that time though, because I can I can honestly say, yeah, coming out was very easy and like and and very welcomed. Like having to have met a lot of people after I'd left high school and left Bedford. But at the same time, like there's a whole lot of like anxiety that goes along with that. It's just like you're new and these new people. You know, you're in college or whatever, and you have all these people around you, and all you're trying to do is is as be as worldly and sophisticated as, as all of them. Because you know, I come from this little town of Bedford, Indiana, where I thought I was oh 
you know, like the, the artsy one there, but then you actually meet people who are from big cities and from different countries and they're so sophisticated and so cool and, mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to, you know, and you're trying to have to, and, and that's also like just a pressure to try to keep up with that. I never kept up with that pressure in high school. So I, and I never even had the opportunity of not having many friends. So I never had the opportunity of doing that. But once you like, you get a little approval from a group of friends, it's kind of hard not to want to try to continuously to try to uh, get their approval. But of course, growing out of that, of course, was then yet another rite of passage. So tell me about that. Like, tell me about that, right? Tell me. Tell, well, yeah. 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 Go ahead. I was just like, tell me about that, right? Um, like getting beyond the need for approval, because I think that's a, that's a space that that I'm stepping into as well, personally. Uh, I think that there's a there's a moment where you just I don't know, like I can't tell you when it happened. I just know that this is that all I know is that this is my life. Um, even if there is reincarnation, it's not like you remember it. And past life regression therapy is very expensive. And if you don't know what your <laughs> financial situation is going to be like in your next, next life, you better live it up now and be everything that you ever wanted to be and do everything that you ever wanted to do. It is absolutely your duty. I see it. Like, I think that this is like a duty to go and be everything that you can try to be, you know, that, well, everything that you can be, you know, try it. That's, that's I guess, my answer. Woo! All right. Well, I have a few uh, fill in the blanks for you because that was a that was an exclamation point, Bobby Blue. Um, that yeah. Wow. Um, fill in the blanks um, here. I know that we um, have already talked about what love is to you and what love means. Um, joy is blank. Joy is probably being on a game show and being really happy about getting an answer right. Okay. And then because <laughs> I always thought that was really fun. I always wanted to be on a game show. Oh, what game show do you drink? Like, is it the Price is Right? Most likely, it's it's Price, Price is Right. Price is Right. Like yeah. you see yourself like running down, and then what are you and winning? Losing my two, t- my losing my tube top on the way down to yeah, <laughs> yes. the row. Yeah. And what would be the ideal? Do you have a favorite game to play? Mm, you know, I don't know. I don't like, know. I, I never really thought that far. You just want to spin the wheel? I, of course I want to spin the wheel. Okay. You're like, you're yeah. like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fill in the blank. Freedom is. Freedom is. The feeling of comfort of being completely in 100% yourself. Very, very good, my friend. Very, very good. Do you have uh, any upcoming shows? Any upcoming spelling bees? Oh, yeah, bees? I, have a, I have a few things coming on. Um, yeah, so uh, just a, real quick, uh, I'd like to get a, get a chance to like just kind of dis, uh, describe what I'm doing musically real quick, if you don't mind. I kind of, we kind of went into the spelling bee. And, Go for it. Go for it. Go so, for it. Um, okay, so yeah, no, my, my music is uh, is a... Is a, a is basically a combination of, of my mother and father, whether or not that's looking for approval, not quite, well, kind of, kind of maybe, maybe I started doing this music to get the approval of my parents. I don't know, but um, it's definitely a combination. One thing that really brought my family or at least my mother and father together, as far as liking a song was when a song had both Spanish and English in it, you know, for example, something like, you know, uh, um, El Paso by Marty Robbins or, uh, mm. 
you know, uh, some of those other like Western songs. And it's not necessarily country. They used to call it country Western, but it's Western music and Western meaning cowboy. And I, I like 1930s and 40s, like very inspired by 1930s and 40s cowboys um, and, the, and the beautiful voices of that period. Um, yes. They were not trying to, you know, I don't know, like the, the voices got a little uh, gritty uh, later in the later years, 50s and 60s. But in the 30s and 40s, they were still trying to sing very proper. And I really enjoyed that. And I love the fact that they also combine with it. When you do Western music, I mean, the w- one thing in the West is, is Mexico. So if you're talking about cowboys and everything, they, they not only sp- spoke Spanish, but they probably they also sang in Spanish and had uh you know, uh, inter- they interchanged, uh, you know, like Roy Rogers saying a few things in Spanish, Gene Autry, uh, Tex Ritter, those guys, um, very, uh, very inspired by them, Patsy Cline, big and big inspiration. And I absolutely love rockabilly music, rhythm and blues. Um, yes. but as far as like, yeah, that's, that's probably, that's what I've been doing lately. And, and, uh, also like I have a like in concert, I, I just recorded a new record. And um, on that record, I don't I'm not really putting it out yet. I'm maybe looking for a little label or somebody who maybe may want to support it before I put it out. But I have released uh, the song. uh, I did all covers this time. I never really do covers, Uh, but I did all covers this this uh, album. And um, one of them that I did release, it's on uh, Bandcamp, is uh, my cover of I Fall to Pieces by Patsy Cline, which has a little bit more of a Mexican edge to it. Yes. And then uh, in, in concert, we do a flipped out, tripped out version of the Madonna song, Who's That Girl? Um, okay. And the reason is, yeah, the reason we do, I, like, I kind of came across it one day and I was like, wow, you know, because a lot of Mexican music and a lot of country music actually have like um, they, they, what they call legend songs. They sing about a gun, uh, you know, famous gun to a uh, gun sh- like a very famous gun shooter or in Mexican, we get a little bit more Mexican, a little bit more folklore. Like we talk about witches and, and uh, ghosts and and people in, in, in old music. So when you're talking about, you know, when I saw, when I started looking at who's that girl, I was like, wow, this is like a ranchera song from Mexico. That's been flipped out and turned into like an 80s song. So I feel like I've kind of reclaimed the song because it's a very flipped out, tripped out Mexican ranchera version of Madonna's Who's That Girl. Um, and I think it's actually more appropriate. Madonna's wonderful. I love Madonna. Don't get me wrong. And she gave me <clears> the <throat> you know, to do that. But uh, I think that it, I think people are really going to be quite surprised. It's always a really, really big hit uh, live. Um, so when uh, the record comes out, that's on there. I think that'll be a nice thing. But um, getting back to when we have shows, uh, we have I, my next show is um, at Jalopy in Red Hook. Uh, on April 11th, the show starts at nine, um, which is always a great place. Uh, that's at Roots and uh, the, the the entire night is called Roots and Ruckus, where they have uh, different folk acts come and perform for 30 minutes apiece. Um, it's a great, great, great show. I'm so happy to be part of the family at Jalopy. Um, and uh, then after that, we have a show on May 25th at the Way Station. Who I perform with? Um, I performed that with uh, m- uh, with uh, my friend Anna. We don't perform together. Our bands perform back to back, but it's a little bit different than a regular show. Uh, band show. What we do is a little bit more of a cabaret. So we invite, you know, a magician or a sword swallower to host the night and also perform between sets. Um, it's been really successful. Uh, so that's happening on May 25th at the Way Station in Brooklyn. And then, of course, the only other, the last show that I know of at this point is June 30th at Pizza Candy Store. 
And that is the sum up of uh, the lives of Bobby Blue the Balladeer for the next few months. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll be sure to put all of those um, on the, my website and then also point people in your direction as well. Thank you. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and uh, joining us. Man, this has been a really, really, really good conversation. Oh, I'm, I hope I didn't stutter and, and, and flub, up, flub up too much, but I appreciated you calling me and asking me. Thank you, Andre, very much. It's very kind to, for you to think of me. Of course, of course. to the Love City Arts Podcast today. For more information, to follow my journey and the journey of all of our artists, visit andreintheflow.com and lovecityarts.org. Thanks again for listening. Hi there, everybody. It's Andre in the Flow from Love City Arts. I hope that wherever you are on the planet today that you're feeling all of the love that the universe has for you and also know that I love you as well. I want to stop by to tell you about a few of the offerings we now have from Love City Arts. We now have a podcast, our monthly giveaways, our healing gatherings, our blog, and also a soon-to-be-formed book club. For more information, log on to lovecityarts.org. I cannot wait to share all of the love 